this is Kenya, and welcome to my Magical Cottage Core Life. Today, we're going to talk about something a little different. You know, as you wander through this life, way leads to way, and path leads to path. Many times we seem to think we know exactly where we're going, and on other days, it's all a great dazzling mishmash of different distractions and detours. Sometimes those journeys find wonderful places that we've never been before. And other times, we may find ourselves in situations and in locations that cause us harm or distress or danger. When those things happen, like anyone else, we do our best to get out of those places. It's the same with other people as it is with ourselves. And getting away from somewhere that's uncomfortable can be as simplistically tricky as removing yourself from a rain shower and seeking shelter or intricately difficult like removing yourself from a living situation that could cause you true lasting harm and finding yourself somewhere you never thought you'd be with completely new surroundings and sometimes even a new language. So today, open up your big book of stuff because we are going to turn to the section on lessons and kindness in the subsection, being kind to travelers and immigrants. All right, let's get started. any real damage to yourself to find it within you that goodness and that charity and that loving kindness in you that will allow you to treat other people well and to sometimes go a little bit out of your way to offer a helping hand or a smile or a glance to someone who may not be from where you are, who may be lost, or maybe not lost, but finding their way in a new area or a new land. You'll find, if you start to look for them, there are always opportunities for you to be a helper in almost every way when someone else is in need. Even if you can't help directly, you might be able to get someone else there who can and put those people into contact with each other. Now, you do not have to paste on a false smile. I am in no way ever going to recommend you pretend to feel something you don't really feel. Because we don't tell lies. We don't create false narratives here. What I am challenging you to do is to be willfully not unpleasant. There's no need to go out of your way to make someone feel unwelcome. 
And if you don't have it in you to be welcoming, which I think you do, you do have it in you to not be unwelcoming. One thing you can do is to search for visual cues when interacting with people from other cultures or other places. What makes you comfortable may not make them comfortable. In fact, it may make them uncomfortable. As Americans, and I'm going to use that term even though my country is the United States of America, not the continents, but as Americans, I have to say, we often have a certain amount of arrogance where we expect other people to adapt to us instead of us adapting to them. Especially here in the Midwest. And, and that's not that really far of a stretch for people to expect people visiting their land to adapt to the local customs. But who decides how much adaptation is appropriate and who decides when that level of adaptation is supposed to take place. Also, remember, America has dual personalities because we are also within us, surrounded by and surrounding other nations because the indigenous nations here that are sovereign are still here and they have their own cultures that sometimes weave in and out of ours. And I have indigenous lineage. I was not raised in my culture on that side, but I do have indigenous blood running through my veins. No, it's not Cherokee. Uh, my grandmother was very adamant uh, growing up in Oklahoma that we are Creek. We are Creek. We are not Creek Freedmen. We are Creek and Creek Freedmen, I would guess, as well as Choctaw. And on my other side, we had Blackfoot and Choctaw. So, there you go. I'm keenly aware of that. That all being said, why did I bring it up? There's a good reason. There are nations in this nation, and they have their own customs. And for one of the nations in our nation, there is a very specific, specific belief or custom that they don't smile at you. It's rude to show your teeth to other people. And then there's another set of customs where you don't point at people with your fingers or at anything. You use your lips to point. You don't use your fingers to point because it's rude. But in the grander American culture, that would not be correct. They wouldn't see that that way. In fact, one of my favorite bands from the 70s and 80s, well actually the 80s, is the Pointer Sisters. So that would be quite the thing to try to explain how something that would be rude would be a fun band to another culture. But the dominant culture seems to umbrella all. So we accept that in different areas of our nation, there are different cultural clues and subtexts that we have to pick up on. That being said, imagine what it's like 
traveling from a faraway land, arriving here, and not being able to figure out what the cultural clues are because you may not speak the language well enough for you to be able to find out and discern what is going on. This is where kindness comes in. This is where being welcoming comes in, insofar as you could try to explain what's going on. Here's a good example of a cultural difference that can be be a really big thing that can lead to misunderstandings. culture, if you're being honest and forthright, they expect you to look them in the eye. Look us in the eye. Seriously. Focus your gaze directly to us. And the easiest way to explain that to someone who's not used to it is that you would be looking directly in between her eyes and just above her eyebrows to make sure that our gaze is hitting you directly. Because staring at someone's eyes directly Uh, actually trying to focus on their actual eyes is a little bit difficult, especially in a conversation. But that's usually how we can do it. But in some of our subcultures here, in our sub-societies, looking someone in the eye is seen as challenging or rude or in some ways downright disrespectful. For a young person to look at an adult or an elder in the eye would be be seen as being very rude. It would actually be an affront. But in the dominant culture, for a young person not to look a person in the eye means that they're hiding something or that they're distrusting or that they're lying. See the difference? It's important to remember these little small things are very, very unique to certain parts of our societies. And visitors may not know that and they can be in a world of confusion trying to figure out how they offended someone. You wouldn't want that for you. So if you see a miscommunication happening and it's something simple and you can pick it up like this about eyes or anything else that's maybe they're standing too closely or standing too far or keeping their hands in their pockets or whatever, try to ease the situation if you are so moved and maybe be an ambassador of humanity in that moment. You know something else that's pretty universal no matter where you travel or others travel? That's the assistance to those who are infirm. If they're elderly or they're injured or they're differently abled, they're very young, or if they're pregnant, or other things that are going on with them, you can tell that they need a little bit of extra help or consideration. That's pretty universal. But you would be surprised how often you can see people ignoring travelers, visitors, immigrants to our nations, and they just ignore them in those states of of living as if they're furniture. And it's terrible. It's, it's just as bad as when people ignore people who are without houses or without housing. They treat them like furniture, and it's absolutely terrible. You don't lose your humanity because you're 
from a different country. You don't lose your humanity because you speak a different language. You don't lose your humanity because you lose your house. None of those situations make you lose your humanity. And every time that we pretend that it does mean that they lose their entitlement to the dignity and the regard of being human and with fellow humans, it makes us diminish our own humanity. So reaching out to show some gentle, uh, gentle favor and being a blessing can restore your soul. doesn't have to be a really big production either. It can be as simple as translating when you know someone's trying to buy something at a local market and the messages are getting lost in translation. Or if you see someone having a bad day and no one smiled at them, no one's been kind to them, again that smiling can be tricky. Maybe a nod of encouragement or just a pleasant hello, how are you? Or it's a good day, isn't it? Or nice to see you can make all the difference to someone having a terrible day, especially people who are used to being ignored or treated like they're not there. Maybe extend a little bit outside yourself, just a little bit, to extend that bit of joy to others. And you may find that in doing so, you find an unexpected corner of joy within yourself that you didn't know was there. And it looks like we've come to the end of today's episode. And if you're new here and you're a stranger and you're traveling to my magical cottage core life for the first time, welcome. See, it costs us nothing to extend joy to share happiness, to perpetuate pleasantness (laughs) or be welcoming. And, you know, you, you can come for the curiosity, stay for the mom jokes. I really do enjoy sharing these thoughts with my friends and we're friends, right? And welcome to our new friends as well. And I look forward to seeing you here next time on my magical cottage core life. May your travels be kind, interesting, and joyous.